Exodus 22, verses 28 through 31, these are God's words. You shall not revile God, nor curse a ruler of your people. You shall not delay to offer the first of your ripe produce and your juices. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. Likewise, you shall do with your oxen and your sheep. It shall be with its mother seven days. On the eighth day you shall give it to me. And you shall be holy men to me. You shall not eat meat torn by beasts in the field. You shall throw it to the dogs. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. The Israelite society, having been set apart by God to himself, where to live, uh, in constant awareness of the fact that they had been separated from the world, and that God had called them his, called them holy. Uh, of course, they were not to revile God. Uh, that is blasphemy. It is a violation of the third commandment. But verse 28 ties for us the third commandment to the fifth commandment. You shall not revile God nor curse a ruler of your people. Well, lots of rulers uh, are worthy of cursing in their character. But in their office, they have been placed where they are by God. And so having God's name upon a society requires that that society honor authorities. Verse 28 appears to be imbalanced because the ruler of the people is so much lower than God. But it is for God's sake that we are not to curse them. In verse 29, we see that not only are we to honor God by honoring authorities, as in verse 28, but in remembering that every single possession belongs to God. Of course, we need things to live. And so you, you can't uh, pour out uh, all of the oil and all of the wine, what's translated juices, uh, at the end of verse 20, or it's not the end, in the middle of verse 29, uh, is a word that comes from the idea of tricklings. Uh, you shall not delay to offer the first of your ripe produce and, and your juices. Uh, and you also need oxen and sheep and so forth. So when God takes the firstborn, he reminds us that every possession uh, is his, uh, and that it is entrusted to us. We are stewards of it uh, for good work and uh, also for enjoyment and for our benefit. But we are only to work with it in a way that honors God. We are only to enjoy things in a way that honors God. <coughs> and one of the things that he gives as a principle by which we recognize that it all comes from him and it is all to be employed or enjoyed for him is that the first part would be given to him. So when you get a paycheck, if you get a paycheck, I think one of you gets a paycheck, uh, the first thing you do is... Uh, you write a contribution uh, for the worship and work of the Lord uh, in his church. Uh, and so the very first thing uh, that, whether it was produce or uh, grapes or olives, which were going to be pressed, uh, 
uh, or the oxen or the sheep. Uh, those would be offered to God if it was an unclean thing that couldn't be sacrificed. It would have to be redeemed, of course, uh, with money uh, to, uh, to be offered uh, to God. And, of course, you're not allowed to kill a son. Good. Um, and uh, there would be a redemption sacrifice and price uh, for uh, the firstborn of the sons. And this is a reminder that it's God who has taken us to himself as holy, not we who are being generous with God. Uh, we even see that reminder in the day uh, on which the oxen or the sheep would be sacrificed. The eighth day corresponded, of course, to circumcision. Uh, and uh, this has been a principle. The, the giving of the first has been a principle since the fall. Uh, you remember Abel offered the first and the best, uh, and Cain took some. And Abel actually offered uh, that which was uh, analogous to the Lord's offering. And then when God showed Egypt that they all deserved death and hell by killing all of the firstborn children, you remember he commanded the consecration of all the Hebrews' firstborn children, which reminded the Hebrews, which reminded the Israelites, that they all deserved death and hell as well. But, the Lord, but that the Lord had redeemed them. Well, if he taught the, the Egyptians that he had created them for himself, how much more does he teach us whom he has created, not just created, but also redeemed? He has created us for himself, and he has redeemed us for himself. You know what that sounds like, Sophia? It sounds like he made me and takes care of me. And so this is a passage that teaches the same truth that you're learning about this week. That we are to glorify God in all that we do. By doing what? How can you glorify God? Mm-hmm. By loving him and, and doing what he commands. And so what do we do with all of our time? What must we do with all of our possessions? What must we do with our whole life? You knew but love and obey God, right. <laughs> and so when you come to be parents, the very first, the most important thing you do with your children is that you love God with how you love your children and what you do with your children, that you obey God with how you love your children and how you, uh, what you do with your children. And so, of course, the best thing for your children too. But the very first reason it's important is not because of the child, but because of God. And so with all that you have and all that you do, which is why you don't want to be someone who's trying to get out of doing your school and hiding it and sneaking around. Because God has given you your tasks and you're to employ your, uh, your time and your ability uh, as someone who has been given it by God. Now, we do wake up with a limited amount of time every day. But there's a principle here for what on what to spend our best hours. And your best hours aren't always your first ones. Yeah, there there may be coughing coughing, yeah, that too. Coffeeing uh, or showering or you know running up and down the driveway until enough blood gets around your body that you remember what it's like to be a conscious human being uh, or whatever it is. But that you give your best hours uh, to the Lord. Uh, and then when you have extra, 
that uh, you use it in a profitable way, and that when you need recreation, because we do need recreation, our minds and bodies can't do the same thing you know, full time, that we choose ones of those that will make us better servants of the Lord and lovers of the Lord, not worse. That's something we could grow in. But a wonderful lesson here for God's people that they are to offer him the first and best. So, uh, honor authority, uh, give him the first and the best and really all things because the giving of the, of the first was a reminder that all belonged to him. And then don't defile yourself. You shall be holy unto me. Verse 31, you shall not eat meat torn by beasts in the field. You shall throw it to the dogs. Now the Lord uh, here is basically saying, my people whom I have made holy to me, that meat's not good enough for them. It's just fit for the dogs. Well, you too have been set apart to God as holy. Uh, the food laws don't apply to you, although I don't recommend roadkill or uh, woods kill, <laughs> uh, torn apart by beasts, wilderness kill. Uh, but there is that which is impure. There is that which is substandard. Uh, not just I'm not just thinking about food and thinking about everything in life. Uh, you've been set apart as holy to God. Don't settle uh, for um, dirty, filthy things. Those aren't fit for you. Because you're someone upon whom God's name has been set. So if the Lord has put his name upon us, let us honor authorities, let us dedicate everything to the Lord, and let us keep ourselves clean for the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this portion of your word. We thank you for your great kindness to Israel, uh, not only to redeem them, but to set them apart unto yourself and uh, to give them rules and laws that would drive home how you had created them for yourself and redeemed them for yourself and uh, how they were to live continually mindfully of you. And we thank you that you have recorded those things for us upon whom the end of the ages has come so that we might know that Jesus has done all these things perfectly in our place and that your spirit who is conforming us to Christ is aiming to shape our hearts and minds in such a way that we would always remember that you are holy and always rejoice that you have set us apart to you and always respond to you then by honoring authorities and giving you our best, dedicating all things to you. Uh, and by keeping ourselves undefiled from the world, which is a part of that pure and unspotted from the world, which is part of that pure and undefiled religion that you instruct us about in your word. So we thank you that that is what your spirit is doing, and we pray that you would conform our minds to yours so that we would aim at the same thing. Use even this portion of your word and this time that we have spent in it to help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.